another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. I am your girl, Butterbee Rocker. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm super excited to have this young lady on with me. She is doing almost everything that I'm doing, and I'm like, oh my God, and she's doing it so good. So she is a filmmaker, an actress, an author, founder and president of Exo Feminist Productions and Ontario Films. We have Miss Anna Fishman. How are you doing? Good. How are you? It's so great to be here. It is great to have you. I was just telling everybody, you're doing some amazing things and you're doing some things that I just started in that I'm really going to pick your brain because you are awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. You too. I'm so excited to be here and I've been excited. I looked at your videos and your dancing and your singing and you're just (laughs) an amazing stage presence. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So we're going to dive right on in. I like to go go head on in. So can you give everybody a little background about yourself? Um, so I've got, I've got this, uh, movie that I've been in the process of birthing into the world. Um, it's called Galaxy 360, A Woman's Playground. And it's my first feature film, my first directorial debut. Um, it is a comedy satire that takes place in the future in 2195. And it's where women rule the world, men dream of getting married, and it takes place over a male beauty pageant. So it's got a lot of uh, fun stuff. Um, you know, uh, the pageant that is most popular during that time is called Victor's Angels, Mr. World Beauty Pageant. And men come out in their bathing suits and, uh, you know, show their pecs. <laughs> and we talk about their bodies a lot. So <laughs> I just decided, you know, to turn the world upside down a little bit. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to get back on to that in a few minutes. But what I want to know right now is where you're from. Oh, okay. Long to make a very, very long tail short. Um, so I was born in Russia and I immigrated to America and we came here as political refugees. We had a pretty tough uh, road from Russia to America. I was a small child. And so I grew up, you know, when we first got to America, none of us spoke a word of English. And uh, my life as an outsider um, has always, you know, has always been true. Like I've always been kind of the, the, the kid out who's watching the world around her and doesn't really fit in quite anywhere. Um, and I, I do think that that gives one the ability to create things and to kind of pool if you if you are used to observing the world you can actually do something creative about the world and and make statements about what's happening out there mm-hmm. because you can watch it from kind of like suspended 
know, suspended in the air. So yeah, so I came here as an immigrant and then I, um, I spent a long time doing very intellectual things um, and, and thought that I would never be a, an actress or a performer or any of those things because while I was a performer as a child in Russia, when we got here, you know, we didn't speak a word of English and my parents were absolutely terrified of me doing anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, you know, I majored in physics and statistics and computer science and eventually got a PhD in philosophy of literature and just did all kinds of very intellectual things. And I ended up writing a novel. And then after I had children, I finally got up on stage and began performing and said, oh my God, <laughs> I've been missing out and I've come home. Like that first, uh, my first performance was uh, when both of my kids were small babies and I was still breastfeeding along and my boob was like, you know, my first show was called Conversations with My Breasts and <laughs> one of my boobs was leaking during the performance. So it was kind of apropos and, uh, and, but when people started laughing and they started coming up to me and they, they started saying, you know, you're, you're an actress, you're a comedian. And I thought, what? what? No, I'm an intellectual. I'm a writer. I'm a writer. You know? And then I was just, I just owned it eventually. So, so conversations with my breast. Is, oh yeah. Is that, is that something that you wrote? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wrote conversations with my breasts, sex in mommyville. All of my titles have been fun. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So, um, sex in mommyville is about how you don't have sex as a mother. Conversations with my breasts is when your breasts don't obey what you want them to do. You know? And uh, it's always kind of like the opposite, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So you grew up, you came to America and you got into acting. How did you get into acting? Um, so it's very, it's a very awesome, cool story. I always think because I got into acting by diving into acting, okay. diving into acting without ever having taken a class in acting. So, I mean, I was a, always a natural ham. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I was the person, I like to say, I was the person who ruined people's weddings and bar mitzvahs. You know, yeah. I, was, I was the person who came and, you know, picked up the microphone and got up on stage and the bride was like, who's that person? We didn't hire her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> She's not our proposed entertainer. You know, what is she doing? You know, or like I would take over the dance floor and I would just, you know, get down and I'd be in some dress and I'd be on the floor, you know, doing the whatever. And, you know, and people, and, and people loved it and people were laughing at me. Me and people were like, oh my God, you're so, you're fun. You're this. It never sort of like occurred to me that once I would get on stage and then I go to a, a wedding, I wouldn't do anything. Like I would just be like, oh, I can relax now because I perform. I have a show like tomorrow. You, know? <laughs> you have to get it out of your system. If you're like, if you're a natural performer, if you love the stage, if you never get nervous on stage, if you, you know, like I've had this before, like I was doing cabaret in New York in 2017 and, and, um, before I was always so nervous and my, my stomach was all in knots and whatever. And then the audience would get there and I'd get up on stage and I'm like, Hey everybody, what's yeah. going on? You know, if you are that person, that's where you should be. Yeah. Um, 
but what I was going to say is the, the way that it happened is because I was writing and I wrote conversations with my breasts. And then I did a little video of conversations with my breasts, sent it out to a bunch of small theaters in New York. And then the flea theater said, you could have your own solo show. And at the time I kind of, I started studying with a director. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandy Sheeran, and she kind of started helping me train to become an actress. And, you know, we took some time. And then by the time that the Sex and Mommyville opened, um, I, I had already worked with her on my performing. And then after the show ran at the Flea Theater and numerous other, and La Mama Theater and a bunch of other places, then I started taking acting classes. And I started taking singing classes and acting classes and, you know, and dancing classes. And I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dive in. I don't care if I have kids and I'm older than every other 20 year old actress, you know, what the heck? (laughs) So, um, I got into it, you know, relatively late and, um, I've never regretted it. You know, I, I think it's, it's, you just do what you do when you're ready. Taking a pause for the calls with your girl Butterbee Rocker Transparency Talks podcast, baby. Listen, this is Samurai Tai with Alan. Christian Louboutins, it got my bottoms like a lobster, monster. I'ma eat a beat up like it's pasta. Rolling down the street, I'm wearing black just like a mobster. You don't want no smoke, you get unhealthy, need a doctor. Shout out to my homie, he got dreads like a roster. Relay me the word and I might bring a couple shots. I be pulling strings, no guitar, but I'm a rock star. I be on the highway and I'm dodging all the cop cars. Writing all my lyrics, I be writing like an author. Know my name ain't Luke, but I am a Skywalker. Got that number nine, I'm pulling up like Tony Parker. I just like to kick it with your boo, we playing soccer. Shawty bad, she inked up like a marker. I be steady cooking in the stool like Betty Crocker. Way too many bands, I go to Linux, I'm a shopper. I'm just trying to jump up to the top like Grasshopper. Shawty asked me for that Louis and that Prada. She do nothing for me, so I had to give her nada. I'm in the casino in Las Vegas in Nevada. I got me a foreign thing, she come from Guatemala. Ayy. And them bands in my pocket Shawty said she want me when she walked inside my closet Ay, We know you faking, homie, stop it Gotta play it smart, I make it back, I make that profit Finish playing soccer, she gon' kick it like a sensei Left the spot on Monday, but she be right back on Wednesday She don't take opinions, she don't care about what her friends say I've been making progress, I've been trying to make some headway Shawty got them curls that she like to use a can to I just get so lucky, number 12, like I'm Andrew can't let her try to tie the knot just like a bantu. Always keep it real because I'm never acting brand new. Hey, I'ma light it up just like a candle. I secured a drip and used to rockin' Nike sandals. Soon they bout to know me and they'll call me by my handle. I'ma need a platinum sitting pretty on my mantle. Always keep that water, you would think I was a camel. And my life's sweet, it can mess up your enamel. can tell you but I'm also a playwright yeah and I can say that it's totally different from coming from writing a novel or I'm an author as well so I definitely understand but it's a big difference with writing a book or writing you know for magazines and you know different things than going into playwright yeah you know? yeah even yeah. from even from the dynamics of of how you word it and you know making sure that you have it where 
you know, this person is saying this, then you interrupt the person to say this. How did how did it feel trying to put all of that together? Because I can tell you my first experience was eye opening. I, I did it with a partner and because I was already a writer, once I understood how you have to format it and all that type of stuff, it was cool. But it was like, it's a, it's a major difference. Major, major. And I, I completely agree with you. It's like every single form of writing is a different like version of, you know, I started writing short stories when I first started writing. And that was completely different than putting a novel together, which, right. you know, and my dream um, before kids, I like to say kids really changed my life, but before kids, I dreamt of becoming like just an author. I, I, I saw myself as writing many, many books and that, you know, it would always be fiction and it'd be one. Fi and I had this idea for a fiction novel and that idea, this idea. And then um, this interesting thing happened where I was writing this novel and it was super intellectual. And I remember, uh, you know, people coming back to me with it. They were saying to me, like, it's hard to read this. I don't know how many people are going to want to read your novel. I mean, to this day, you know, if anybody thinks it's uh, my novel is a rom-com, not true. It's like a serious literature with big words that I intended it to be that way. You know, it's, it's heartfelt and psychological. It's not a quick, easy, whatever. And then I was like, you know, I, I want to do something stupid and funny and not intellectual and I want people to get it right away and I was just tired of like people going well, what do you mean here what so I wrote conversations with my breasts which had dialogue in it and the reason I mentioned that is because when I decided and it's it's a funny thing I decided to do something simple but by doing something simple I allowed myself to interact with the audience mm -hmm. and I like to think of a screenplay and a play as an interactive process right it we're not just, we really, a, a novel is something that goes for the person. The person is alone and they're entering that world alone. Mm -hmm. a, a screenplay and a play, which I, I really think they're, they're very closely connected. Um, you know, you are thinking about how it's going to come out. You, you write a word, you write a sentence, you write a piece of dialogue, and then the actor speaks it. And depending on how they speak it, and depending on who the actor is, it changes and the meaning of your play or your screenplay changes. And I thought, what an amazing level of complexity here and how interesting it is that, you know, we're, we have to think about other people. So when I started, when I wrote my first play, um, after actors would read it, I would go back to the drawing board and rewrite it. And I've really done this with every project I've had. And for Galaxy 360, for instance, I had a screenplay. But after I heard every single actor perform, I went back and revised based on each person, based on the people I cast. Mm -hmm. I understand and, that. I understand. You know, and you kind of tailor it. You're really, it's really like a team. And you as a writer, you have that person in front of you. It's such a cool feeling because when you're writing a novel, you don't, it's either you or somebody you knew or whatever, but it's all coming from memory kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But here you've got, you've got the person, you've got that charisma, you've got that energy to deal with. And you're putting that, you're putting that dialogue into that person's mouth and you know how it's going to come out because you already know that person. Yep. It's amazing. Yep. And I, and I believe in working with actors when you're working on your on either a play or a screenplay. Absolutely. When I did my play, it was kind of the same way. Once, once I actually had the actors 
going over their lines and I got to know who the actors were, you know, I would change up some stuff because now I'm seeing their personality. And of course you want it to feel like it's their own, especially when they are on stage doing, you know, your, your film or your play. Exactly. It's something incredible to see it come to life. Now, what was that experience? Was your conversations with your breasts a one person? Yeah, that was, it's interesting. The conversations with my breasts was my one person, my first solo show in New York. And okay. I did it at Cornelia Street Cafe. It was just awesome and down to earth. And I had no expectations for myself. And that those are the best moments. But right. Second Mommyville started out as a one person show, but then I ballooned it into an eight person play. And I was always interested in a group. Um, I mean, I've loved doing solo shows and they're great, but doing things in a group is really amazing. And so when it was, and then it went between being an eight person play to sometimes I cut it down because of producers, I cut it down to a five person play because it was cheaper to produce the smaller, but we basically, we basically did the, um, the, the five, I, I can't remember anymore, but the eight person play the first time I went from like a solo show, me doing sex in Mommyville and me doing the man and me doing the woman and me pretending to have sex with myself on stage. You know what I mean? I mean, that was fun. I had to take a chair and say, Bruce, you're my husband. You know, I mean, it was, it was ridiculous and funny in its own way. But then once I had a real man to play with, um, that was fun and that was amazing to do on stage. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I can communicate with all these actors. And so um, when it was the, the eight person play that prepared me for um, the next works that I did, like my happy hour feminism web series, which was a lot of, which was a fairly large cast. And then Galaxy 360 was my biggest cast, which was about 19 people. Okay. So, and then I love working with a big cast, you know, that's my, my film was 32. My, my very first feature film that I just did that's in post. 32. I, love I was that. like, oh my God. <laughs> and I love that. I don't even know. And that's technically not including all of the extras. So it was right. even more than that. So it was, it was definitely, you know, different. I've never done a one person play or anything my first experience writing my own play i had six national recording artists i had of course it was music related you know if i'm an artist yeah. I'm throwing my own songs and all of them were artists and my friends so you know i threw in a lot of music and i mean everybody from the background to in between were musicians and singers of some sort so i got to see you know it really manifest into its own thing but I can definitely, it was, it was definitely different having a whole team of people to have to work with and even, even having to, you know, do the blocking. Cause I'm sure you did all of it. You handled everything. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, you know, uh, for the plays, thankfully I had other directors other than me. Thank God. Cause you know, at that time I was just dipping my you know feet into First of all, having eight people on stage and I was the playwright and I was also in it. I wanted somebody to direct me very right. much. But right. then, uh, and then for Happy Hour Feminism, I also had a different director. But then I started to kind of dip my feet into, I really loved, I mean, I really loved directing. I just, once I did it um, with Invisible Alice, my first short film, I thought this is an amazing experience. To be able to call the shots. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, 
and and that for a woman i always think is such a, an empowering moment we're taking another pause for the calls you're tuned in to transparency talks podcast baby this is cc sunchild with being with you you can tune in to Transparency Talks Podcast, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Blaze One Radio in Atlanta, Squeaky Radio in Detroit, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa, and Q-Mix Radio in Japan. You can listen in to any of the stations by going to butterbiraka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A.com. Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at Butterbiraka. And subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. As a first-time writer of a feature film to write, direct, produce, star in. And I did that. And it was- You did that. Yeah. <laughs> it was crying nights because it, it was a lot. It was it's a lot. Yes. It's a lot. It's but a lot. But it's so rewarding. It's still a lot. Like I still, you know, like I'm promoting it. I'm the producer. I, it's still a lot, yes. you know? I, I can't even believe that I understand, you know, I can't wait till other people are doing everything else. Um, 
but I, I wouldn't trade it for a, for a moment because I learned, what a journey, right? Yes. You learn, you learn everything. Because I believe that when you're going to talk about your business and your vision, you need to know what you're talking about. And I don't want nobody else trying to taint my vision and what I, you know, have in my head, especially it's my first time coming out. I wanted to say, this is me you know oh, oh yeah exactly exactly no it's so true i also had that feeling i want to say this is me you know and um and i have a social cause that i want to push forward you know so that i i want to talk about um i've wanted to talk about men and women since i started doing this you know like mm -hmm. conversations to my breasts to sex and mommyville to happy hour feminism um i've wanted to talk about you know gender inequality but just make fun of it you know mm -hmm. i wanted to have a good time let's see the men sweat about you know their flab and their wrinkles and them not being young enough and let's let's see what that looks like and i just wanted to have fun with reversing the world and because i also had that vision in my head because i'm also interested in changing you know the way society approaches women mm -hmm. um, because of that, I really wanted to be in charge of making this film because I wanted the message to stay on point because the yes. message is very specific and very clear. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I really want to have an effect and I want to build a movement around making a difference for women. I see all the time where we constantly apologizing. Like all we do is apologize. Look at how, you know, like, we're constantly saying we're amazing leaders and right. you know, we can do all this. And oh my God, you know, this woman is um, not apologizing for her weight. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Why are we eat like, I want to say, let's live in a world. Let's imagine a world where that's not even upon us. Mm -hmm. Let's imagine a world where we're just accepted and we don't need to fight to be accepted. Yeah. Because we're constantly fighting to be accepted as we are, mm -hmm. which I don't see the, the male gender doing. Yeah. They don't have as much to prove. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that the reason why your production company's name is XO Feminist? That's my first, yes, my first production company. So my first production company is a fun name. It's a fun title. It's called Exo Feminist Productions, which stands for Exo Hugs and Kisses mm -hmm. uh, Feminist. And I wanted to reverse the concept of feminism, you know, the way that people think you were aggressive. I just wanted to hug you and kiss you and say, I'm a feminist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and I think that that's a ridiculous, um, a ridiculous view of feminists that we're all aggressive and dark and hateful. I just don't think that's true. Yeah. I, I think that that we're, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm fighting for the basics and I want to start a movement called Movement 360 that talks about uniting men and women and getting men to feel responsible for what's going on out there and not just viewing women fighting with each other on the sidelines. I want yeah. men to be part of the conversation. Let's yeah. get them to talk about this. So yeah, so that's why, so I started, so, and then my company, Ontario Films, I, I, um, named after a star. Nice. nice. <laughs> the star Ontario. <laughs> okay. So I want to talk a little bit more about Galaxy 360, A Woman's Playground. Yes. Okay. I know you wrote it, directed it, you're starring in it. What was your motivation to write it? Um, you know, as, as I was meant, the motivation has always been to 
basically change the world. You know, <laughs> it's a small motivation, tiny, tiny little motivation. But yes, I wanted to have an effect on the way that um, men and women view today's society, view Instagram, view Twitter, view everything because of the way that we are constantly pressured as women. You know, right now there's a for instance, a proliferation of apps that basically make women's faces disappear. And I think that while we talk about advances, uh, we don't talk about the fact that we are actually regressing in some ways um, mm -hmm. is what's going on in terms of women's looks and um, and the pressures on women's looks and the pressure to be perfect in pictures, you know. Um, and I wanted to create a world uh, with Galaxy 360 where we completely reverse it. Oh, yes, I forgot the most important motivation. Um, pageants, U.S. pageants. You know, I used to watch U.S. pageants and you would see girls come out in their bathing suits uh, and they would be represented as just states. Uh, you never knew their names, mm -hmm. you knew their bodies, you knew their symmetry of their faces, and you didn't really know anything else. And the talents kind of were like the end thing, and they they were just part of the part of the judgment of the entire woman. And it was a big chunk on the body, big chunk on the evening dress. There was a little bit of on the talent, and then there, you know, and then like the peace, let there be peace questions, right? right? Yes. And so I grew up watching that and those pageants still happen and they, they still matter. Um, and I understand that women who are part of those pageants are getting amazing opportunities and scholarships and awards. And so I, in my um, imagination in this other world in 2195, because men have no power, the only power is their looks. And the only power is this pageant. And if they win the pageant, they get some money, a little bit of money. Right. <laughs> they get a few opportunities. And so that was one. Oh, and the other uh, thing that I did in the movie is each of the men is, is a district. So the world is divided into districts and they're districts. They don't have any names. We never learn their names. We just have numbers. I, I love the concept and I have never seen a male beauty pageant. So I think that that's great. Yes. Great. Yeah, me neither. And yeah. like, it's like the fat and, you know, and also the other, I remember watching, uh, Victor, Vic Victoria secrets, uh, angels, uh, two hour net, you know, presentation where the women would just come out in their lingerie mm -hmm. and people would watch it. And then the women would be interviewed backstage and they right. would talk about their, their lives. And then we'd see them practically naked. And I thought, ha, huh, how about we do that to the men? How fun would that be? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have a, I have a question for you. So you are a woman of many talents. You're creative just like me. You know, you have a background in filmmaking, directing, playwriting. You're an author, you're an actress, you have kids. How do you juggle everything? Um, how do I juggle everything? I don't. <laughs> I like to say I don't. I like to say that, you know, it's it's exactly as hectic as, as it seems, as it would be, right? Because um, it's a... I, when I was filming and when I've been, when I have a screening event coming up for the film, it's crazy. And then, and then I 
you know, like I, I will have limited time and then I'll have time to relax in between where I will spend all my time with the kids. And then the kids know like mom's got a deadline. And if mom's got a deadline, my mom and my dad help me take care of my kids. And I have kind of like a village helping me. And that makes a big difference. But juggling everything is, um, is really, I, I will say this, it's really, really difficult mm -hmm. and at the same time, really, really necessary yeah. uh, for a woman. And I, I, I say it with the utmost love for all women who, I, I believe all women juggle everything and that we need to be part of the social fabric and we need to be part of the world and we need to be part of the political system and we need to be part of the business world. And because we need to be part of it all and because we're the ones who bear children and because we are the ones who have the most responsibility for those kids, we need villages to help us. We need society and corporations to make sure that we can raise these kids and at the same time be part of the social, political and economic fabric. And that is why we must, until that actually happens and is put into place, we must juggle everything. This your girl, Butter B. Rocker, Transparency Talks podcast, baby. Listen, this is one of my singles. Make sure you check out the music video. This is Strange Love featuring Homer Mac.
So what is your creative process and where do you tend to draw from when you are creating your projects? Um, sometimes I regurgitate old projects. <laughs> like <laughs> I'll be on my computer. I was like, mm, let's see what you wrote all the way back when you first had that first baby. You know, like I have like a, I have a file called, you know, ideas for a novel. And since I've started, and I have a lot of different beginnings of novels and, and, and sometimes those ideas end up becoming pilots and end up becoming new plays or end up becoming new, um, because now I do film and I do, um, and, and want to create a, a TV series. Uh, I've basically taken some ideas that I used to have, but sometimes I have new ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes all the time I have new ideas. It's just a matter of, um, you know, it's just a matter of making your, giving yourself the discipline to work through it. It's, it's about getting yourself there and telling yourself, okay, you've got this new plan mm -hmm. and you're going to finish this screenplay. Let's say it's a screenplay or a TV pilot and you set for yourself a, a goal of what needs to be done. And then you start with your first concept, whatever that concept is. And yeah. then what I do is in my creative process, I just write dialogue. You know, I just, I just, I just write a conversation. I say, okay, let's imagine this care. You've got your concept. You've got everything going on. I try not to describe too much. I just try to get people talking. Like, mm -hmm. and I hear the conversations in my head. And once I hear the conversations in my head, I can start filling in the blanks. So I'll have like episode one is this conversation mm -hmm. taking place. Episode two is this conversation is taking place. And the same thing with the screenplay. I go by parts mm -hmm. and I just, and, and most importantly, I like to write the end and the beginning. Mm. Okay. That's okay. So I, I noticed with myself, I typically come up with at least the concept first or the title. I mean, the title probably changes, but I have to have something to be able to draw from. And yeah. Then I just start writing. And then sometimes I'll be like, okay, well, I'm actually going to move this up here. And it's already, you know, down at the bottom, but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna move this up. And then I'm gonna talk about this stuff. And yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So you've got a similar thing, but do you yes. do conversations too? Do you start with, um, you know, talking about people talking, like, or do you do the concept first? I, I have to come up with whatever my concept is going to be first so that I can know, so that I can then know what I'm going to have my conversation start, if that makes any sense. And that could also come from me being a songwriter and, you know, a singer. I come with you know, okay, what, what am I feeling? What kind of, what kind of topic am I going to be doing? <laughs> and then I'll start writing whatever it is. And I draw from either my own experiences or I'll, I'll draw from somebody else's experience or something that I see, you know, somebody going through, I'll draw from those. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, no, for sure. The experiences of like, I, I like to give that experience a year or two and then I start writing about it. You know, like when it's not so fresh. Yeah. It's not yeah. still sort of happening. You know? Yeah. What <laughs> advice can you give other people that are starting in this industry on how to get their content out there? I mean, the, I mean, the first thing, of course, is to start. But a lot of people don't know from there. Where do you go? Um... So I, I got my true start through film festivals. You know, I, I met everybody at film festivals and I, um, 
I was able to connect with people that I met at film festivals and it all began with um, happy hour feminism. And like I built, it's really important to build a crew mm -hmm. and to go out there and find uh, people who want to be part of your crew um, and who want to work with you. Um, and so I, I met cinematographers, I met editors, I met, you know, it's, it, well, it depends on what people want to do. If mm -hmm. they want to sell their screenplay or they want to sell their concept, that's, that's one path. You go to these events, you go to AFM, you go to, um, the markets, the con film market, and you try to meet with people and you try to sell your content. There are people that are looking for content. They're looking for screenplays. Mm -hmm. But the other way is, um, you do everything yourself. You know, you raise the money yourself or you make it on the cheap or friends, you know, in the beginning, you, you do it very simply. And the web series I did, that was my first introduction into this world. And we ended up winning all these awards. And then afterwards, people want to work with you mm -hmm. because everyone wants experience. Um, and so uh, I put that together. And once I put that together, Invisible Alice came very easily because then I had people who wanted to work with me after Happy Hour Feminism. Mm -hmm. And and so then you get that, you get your crew, you put together your crew, and then you send out your work to film festivals and see see what happens, see if you get, and then you make more connections, and then eventually you kind of you've got products, mm -hmm. got products that you can put out into the world, and and you have experience, and then you and even and I find that after I've done all this, mm -hmm. if I have a screenplay, if I have a pilot, it's a, I have a different approach now than just being a writer because mm -hmm. I've been in the you know I've been in the trenches. <laughs> I know what the trenches look like. I I know the mistakes you can make between you know, being on set and editing process. I know that if you screw up sound, you could never undo it. You know, <laughs> like yeah. you, you, you learn that. And once you learn that you can never unlearn that. Mm -hmm. um, so there are things that I, I would say, try, my advice would be try doing it yourself. Try being part of the crew. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're the writer, even if you're the person who's working on this, try being a, a PA, a try doing something on a film set. And it will get that person going, understanding the process of doing this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is, what were some of your struggles getting into this business and staying in this business? Because, you know, of course we see the success, we see the end game and most people just see that and they're like, oh, but they don't realize the struggle. Oh yeah. Of, of no, the in between. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> want to give up you know yeah <laughs> um i will say this i will say that that um wanting to give up is the biggest struggle mm -hmm. uh, because it's very overwhelming and you're dealing with different personalities and when you are dealing on a larger set and you have more people and you know exactly i can feel you like yeah. not when you're dealing on a larger and you've got personalities that are clashing and you're not getting along with someone or someone is not get, or it's not even you and they're not getting along mm -hmm. it's tough and you've got to you know and you've got to be calm i was always calm um and the struggle of being a woman in charge on set over and over again in my personal experience 
I was not treated with, I had to fight, even if I called myself the director, I had to fight to get heard. Mm -hmm. um, I am not, you know, I'm a small person. Um, and I'm, you know, and if I put on like a, like a, like a ponytail, it was even worse. Uh, it was very useful to, to wear heels and like, to be all like sexed up to be listened to. Right. <laughs> not, not in a bad way, not because there was sexual harassment or anything like that, but because people actually paid attention when you had makeup on. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a, there was a, a layer of confidence that came with that that allowed me to be heard. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I used whatever was at my disposal as a woman to try to get heard and to try to get done what I needed to be done. And, and it, it, different sets meant different things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so, but it was, it was a struggle. I, I it, to say that it wasn't a struggle, you know, it was a struggle. Like I would say, I really want this. And then the men on set, it was always men were the crew and they would I don't I don't know if that's such a good I don't know if you know what you're talking about you know? yeah <laughs> I was like I don't know no I don't agree with you and I'd be like well I'm I'm the one in charge right well no, I, I still don't agree with you you know and they weren't rude or anything but they, I couldn't move them right I had to like and then you know I found this really great um I always tell this to people I always found this great I, I always say to them how about we try it like just for one second my way and then if it doesn't work we'll go back to your way <laughs> <laughs> and that was my sort of compromising, but I want to be able to be the kind of woman who says, we're going to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I'm slowly turning back to the person I used to be. And I'm trying to stay on track, but I'm defeated by broken dreams. Yeah. My mama always told me I can be who I want to be well, So nobody can hold me Nobody can hold me They won't hold me back now Well it gets harder every day world wants me to change and be conformed to broken dreams but nobody told me that the road would be easy and i know well it gets harder every day oh yes it does. and the world wants me to change to reality but nobody told me that the road would be easy and I know yes I know I was always the person who wanted to say I want to listen to everybody's opinion and I want to make sure I hear everybody and I want to make sure because I'm new to this to this uh, you know putting it all together because I'm new to all this I want to be very observant and very conscious of other people's thoughts about this. It can't just, I'm right. not going to be just me. I'm yeah. going to be respectful of everything. But at some point, 
at some point, and you know this because you've done it all yourself, at some point you get to a place where you're like, I want it exactly like this. Mm -hmm. I know why I want it exactly like this. I have a vision. It works with my vision. Why isn't anyone paying attention to that? Yeah. <laughs> right? And and that's that's a that's a struggle. Yeah. Um, it's for sure, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a struggle for me. You you want you're new, so you need you want the guidance and you want and I always I even like when I did my play, I like to hear what the actors had to say because they might come up with a concept or something that does does make sense and fits, you know, their character. So you want you know you want the advice, but at some point you gotta put your foot down and say, Okay, I hear everything, I'm taking it in, but this is actually what we're gonna do. And sometimes it is hard to get that you know no you're gonna listen to me <laughs> no exactly exactly even with a play it's the same right yeah, yeah. It's the same thing exactly i i had this right the, the plays are a great sort of you know preparation for a, an even more complex um undertaking with film because with film it wasn't just act like with a play you're dealing just with the actors and so great so great so pure you know but with uh with a set you're dealing with a lot of it was the crew and the, the lighting and the presentation and mm -hmm. you know making all of these different parts work together yeah how do you deal with the personalities you go right in. <laughs> well, you know, you study them like you study your own children. <laughs> you know? And then you learn what toys they want to play with. <laughs> and then you give them those toys. <laughs> and you just pray to God that they give you a toy back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's a lot of learning of how everybody every you know i remember on galaxy 360 thinking about each person and what they needed and what they wanted and i just hoped that i was able to kind of make sure that they were okay i there were some actors who you know they the guys had to be in their bathing suits it was uncomfortable mm -hmm. um they they had to do things that were uncomfortable and i remember it and it was hours and sometimes people you know sometimes a guy or so would complain and i and i i understood that i felt that in my soul but right. I, because i was with them in the trenches and i had heels like this and i had like seven inch heels and my toes were bleeding and i remember one guy was complaining and another guy said to him look her toes are bleeding dude you know, she's 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 with us you know right. um, that really helped me but also there were some you know they had to do performances in in the in the movie mm -hmm. and some of the guys felt more confident and others felt less confident and so we had to we had to work with each with each person about their um sort of it was in a way like theater, like live theater. Mm -hmm. You know this when you're making a movie and people are singing in your movie. It's not just a movie about people acting. It's also about people performing. And while they're performing for camera, they're also performing for the crew and each yeah. other and for you. And everybody knows what performance means because performance is I'm putting myself out there, you right. know? And it's a kind of awesome thing, but it can be very daunting. Yes. And exactly. so... So, you know, so I would try to, it, it was actually exactly like writing for each actor. It was thinking about mm -hmm. how they feel 
you know, on set and what, what needs to be said to help them. Mm -hmm. so a lot of empathy, I think. I think women make amazing directors. That is it. <laughs> we, are, we are raised to be empathetic and nurturing and caring. And I think that's part of what this is. Yeah, definitely. And, and people always say, I've read a lot, a lot about different directors. I've read a lot about like a director will have a vision and he, he wants to push that vision along and he tells every actor the vision or whatever. And then there are the other directors that are sort of like nurturing and caring. And it's not just about a vision, it's about like kind of like a communal. Uh, and I, that's more of my... That was definitely more of my style. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it could be the woman in me too, yeah. Yeah. I, I brought that up. It, it probably was because of that, but yeah. <laughs> exactly like it's not like i you know i i think about it and i also think in terms of like raising kids it's also my philosophy i like to hear their opinion mm -hmm. and where they stand you know i don't have a vision for what's perfect or what's right it's kind of like and some of the best moments in my filmmaking experience have been things where i let go mm -hmm. like i like i had an idea coming in i said this is gonna be this way and then something happens because I've let go. I, I said, okay, dude, let's, let's see what you got. Up mm -hmm. here. You know, and sometimes amazing stuff would come up. Yeah. I had to go with the flow a lot, you know, in the film, I had one direction. It ended up twisting and turning and going in other directions, but they actually were good directions. So you do have to be open and not feel like, you know, it all, but be stern when you do come to a conclusion on how you want your piece to be. Exactly. Yeah. It's like this fine line between where you're going mm -hmm. and and like how to give people a feeling of it's also that they're also bringing themselves into it, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And and it's so it's so interesting that you say that. Exactly, it's it's so important to have your own vision still in there because right. that's part of the. Yeah, I had a I had a really uh, I I will say this about Galaxy Three Hundred and Sixty. So because men have to imagine themselves powerless and women have to imagine themselves powerful, mm -hmm. we had this really complicated, it was such a complicated thing to do. It doesn't seem so complicated to just reverse gender, but it really was because um, we had to let go of everything that we think about men and women today. Mm -hmm. Imagine it in the future be used to the fact that men haven't had power for a long, long time. What would that look like? Right. Imagine. And so the women had to, you know, walk around like they own the world because they do in this world. Mm -hmm. It was a really, and, and, you know, and we would say, um, and the women, the women harassed the men and the women touched the men and they had to be comfortable doing that. And I would have the female actresses going like, oh, I don't know. I'm not going to do that's not. That's not okay. I don't know if that's okay. And like, you know, and uh, I'd say like, this is what you are used to doing. Right. That's the world that we live in. And they would all be like, oh, right. You know, like, but it was, it was uncomfortable forever, including myself. Yeah. I had to overcome my own discomfort. And the guys mm -hmm. had to, at the same time, pretend to enjoy our harassing of them. They had to be submissive. And they had to be submissive and at the same time feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Express their yeah. discomfort. So it was like a very complex, you know, <laughs> process. Um, and that was something I continuously, as my vision, 
pushed along. You know, like that was important to, I was reiterating that a lot because it was the, the puzzle that all of us were struggling with. Mm-hmm. And it also told me a lot about our society. Mm-hmm. It also told me a lot about how far we yet have to go. Yeah, definitely. So pandemic, of course it, it, it affected everyone. I want to talk about how it positively infected your personal and professional life. Um, so I ended up, um, basically learning. So I, you know, talk about doing everything. I ended up learning Adobe Premiere, special effects, color coding, um, everything that you can imagine in editing and ended up enhancing the original film with some really awesome special effects. And now when you see it, it's very colorful. It's very exciting. Um, The original film that was very simplistic and shot in just sort of like a one space uh, screened at the Cannes Film Festival, at the Big Apple Film Festival. um, And it, it did very well and people loved the topic. And when I saw it, I said, you know what? I wanna make it better. Um, But I would never have had that chance had it not been for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I I would have been, the movie would have been out back when in 2019, but because of the pandemic, right. it was like, you know what? I have the time to rework this and mm-hmm. make this really awesome. And I've been really grateful for that, for that period. And I screened in LA um, at a private screening and it went really, really well and it looked beautiful and I was super excited. That is amazing. For the so- pandemic really. So Galaxy 360, a woman's playground, it's, it, 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 it already, it's already out. No, 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 it's not out. I'm just, I'm just dipping my feet in. I dipped my feet in LA. I had a private screening in LA and Mm -hmm. now I'm planning to bring it out for a public, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of getting it out. Okay. But one of the things I'm planning on is a screening in New York and possibly London. I want to do live screenings uh, very much because I believe it's the kind of movie that is um, that does well with a live screening. Like it had reactions, it had communal reactions, like women mm-hmm. laughing at the same thing, men laughing at the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really fun part of it. I mean, I was so pleased in LA when people came out and said, we're rolling with laughter and it's so funny. You know, we have nipple commercials for men right but commercials from and we've got we've got it all there you know like just fun 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 commercials that advertise only to males look male looks and i don't want to spoil any of i don't want to do any spoilers here you'll have to see it um i really do want to see this i really really want you to see it and so um yeah if i'm in la again and i do are you in la I'm not, but I can fly. I fly all the time. Oh, well, in New York. Come fly to New York. I'm I love gonna- New York. I'm in Atlanta, but I love oh, New York. Atlanta. I love, oh, Atlanta. I need to go there. Um, all the all the film stuff is now in Atlanta. Yes. Yes. So yes. awesome. Definitely. So yeah, have- it's not out yet. And um, please, um, you know, stay in touch with me. And I'm going to announce it's coming out soon. And, and um I'll keep everybody posted. I am at www.galaxy360movie.com. And then my other website is onafishbyanofficial.com. Okay. Well, I would like to thank you so much for being on Transparency Talks Podcast. I truly enjoyed myself and I learned so much. I'm going to sign off with Facebook and YouTube and all the other digital platforms. And you stay on the call. All right. Well, it was so, so lovely. 
Thank you so much. This was amazing, an amazing talk. Thanks. Time. And I'm wishing you all the best of luck. You're amazing and so super talented, multi-talented. And I can't wait to see your work too. Thank you so much. And with that, everybody, we are out of here.